This is Scamp Life, the other side, a bi-weekly podcast for summer camp professionals with your hosts, Kelly and Shauna. Now it's time for another thought-provoking episode exploring the amazing world of summer camp. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Scamp Life, the other side. My name is Shauna and I have Kelly here with us. And we're going to be talking about staff training today, which seems to always be a hot topic for camp professionals. What are you doing? How am I doing it? What advice do you have? So Kelly and I are gonna talk about our staff trainings today. What are you looking forward to in terms of your trainings this year? So, cause I try to change mine up every year. So like there are certain ones I keep in and then there are certain ones that I refresh. So for me, I keep, all the same trainings in typically I only have like four and a half days of training so it is like there my days are jam-packed how long is your training uh so with all staff it is five days Mm -hmm. with my entire staff but I have four days with my leadership prior to that and then I also have program training so that's what starts on Tuesday is we start ropes training And then we do lifeguard training and then we do leadership training and then we do all staff training and then there's children. So I have like a good bit of time with my staff, Mm -hmm. um, in various different parts, uh, but for everybody and like my counselors and my true frontliners, Mm -hmm. uh, five days. So it's about the same. And we're, and we're both day camp. So we don't have evenings to really go into either. So we are, we do eight to five. We do eight to three thirty, so we keep it within the camp day. Um, except for we have open house during camp mm. training on the last day, so that way, you know, the counselors can kind of get an idea of the chaos that's about to happen. Um, so that's where I lose half a day. Uh, gotcha. But and we go into the evening until about seven o'clock that day. But we just stick to the eight a.m. to three thirty, thirty minutes for lunch schedule. Yeah. So like I was saying it's jam-packed like there is not a minute like I input breaks like five yes. minutes break for bathroom yes. but outside of their lunch break it's go 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 yep. I do change up the theme every year so this year I themed it after my Maslow's hierarchy of needs Ooh. So, yeah since we're in a scientific institution um and I call like breaks Maslow's like go take a Maslow that's just like something that I use all the time um so I was like why don't I just use that as like the theme for the year so we're going to build up the triangle if you're familiar as we go through training this week oh I like that thank you what do you do for yours I I start when when I start planning I do a a must do and a may do list uh whenever I get to a new camp my must do's are like the things that ACA requires or my organization requires that you mm-hmm. have to have in training because we are ACA accredited. And then my may do's are things like rainy day schedules and like things that I definitely want to cover, but like I'm not going to get dinged if we for some reason can't get to it. Um, still very important. I'm not, you know, harp- I, rainy day is also my least favorite day to train, but it's one of those things that if we do truly run out of time, us doing creative programming can easily just be pulled into a sentence of, Hey, you can do this during rainy day. Uh, Mm -hmm. because we've already, you know, done things such as like time fillers and creative programming. So we've already done that, Mm -hmm. but this year 
I am super, super, I think you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. My, my not, what did they call it? I pulled it out of, again, with the books. I know if you just listened to our last episode, we had a whole episode on one book, but I have another, I have another book recommendation, Shauna, and that is, that is game storming. Oh uh, yeah, yes. yes. Yeah, talk about this. Yes, it is a playbook for innovators, rule breakers, and change makers, and it's phenomenal. Dan Weir, shout out, recommended it to me. Um, it's fantastic. But we are doing a low tech social network. So with Gen Z being very much into technology, we are going to create our own social network here at camp. Uh, it's kind of a I've taken it as a play on like human bingo as a get to know you. But so on day one, uh, we are going to I'll make a profile photo um, on an index card. And then I'm going to have butcher paper uh, hanging on one wall of our, our dining hall, which is kind of like our hub for, for staff training, even though we're all over the place. Mm-hmm. But pretty much people are going to have to connect with everybody throughout the week and make all these different connections and connect how they know each other. And so I'm really excited for that. Uh, I'm going to start it with lead staff training when there's only like six staff and let them start connecting with each other. And then when staff training hits, we're going to throw it into there as well. So I'm really excited about that. It's so funny because you did talk to me about that a couple of weeks ago, and I made a low tech social media based off of that. Um, so we've already started because my leadership staff is already working. Um, so they are very confused by it. I will say <laughs> okay, that. Okay, good to know. Um, when I put it up, everybody, except for my director, my director came out of her office and she was like, oh my God, I love this. And everybody else was like, but what is it? And she's like, you don't get it. They're like making links to each other and based on the connections that they have in their pictures. And I was like, oh, thank God somebody gets it. But yeah, I am so excited to use it this summer. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's just a way to get to know you and it, doesn't force conversation, but if I tell them that I want them connected to everybody in a meaningful way by the end of staff training, I think it will encourage people to talk to one another and get to know each other. Yeah. Granted, I have a bunch of people coming from same schools and stuff like that, but like really get to know them outside of, yes, you can make your initial connections with like, yeah, you went to school together, but like, you're going to have that whole line from one person to another to where if you end up finding a different connection with them, other than you go to the same school, like add that to the line don't just i told them that they couldn't put superficial connections i went hard you did go hard like it cannot be a superficial connection like we both grew up in chicago because that's like every one of my staff or um we go to the same college together because there's like five colleges everybody in chicago goes to so half of my staff always comes from depaul or loyola every year so it's just Uh, i like it yeah, I so like it. No surface. No surface level. level. Yeah. What else are you doing? I mean, because you said that you kind of keep the same training every year. So, yeah. I mean, I know you got to learn a whole bunch of animals and like, no. No, I don't make them learn animal facts. Like, um, they have to, it's not in our training. Like, we do animal building tours because we're at a zoo. So, um, they can get the layout of the buildings and like we go through like this is a good spot to do an activity in this building or when this when it's Monday at 10 a.m. this building is packed you this building will take you an hour to get through because of how many people are in. we do that kind of stuff um, and we might give like some facts about some of the animals but it's really up to them to learn more about the animals like we have all of 
we have over 700 animals. So it would be impossible for me to be like, all right, here's all the information you need on 700 animals. So uh, they get to do that. I do two days of just where they're working through the curriculum and trying to understand it and ask questions. Um, so that is when we say it's your learning time. For me, part of the summer is I don't hire only people who are interested in zoology or animals or science. I hire people that want to be teachers or just really enjoy working with kids. And now they're, uh, they're uh, what do you call it? Their major is like in business management. And they know like this is the only opportunity that they're going to get to work with kids until they graduate, well, after they graduate. So I always think about the summer as this is their time to learn cool stuff about animals too. So they get to learn alongside the kids, which is, I think it's great for the kids too because they're like we learn that together and like <laughs> what a special like magical bond that you make when you do that so no it's it's a lot less of uh, animal stuff and it's more safety stuff so my zoo is free um we don't have gates so anybody can walk in and out so it's we really focus on safety and you know camp group management when you're out on the zoo grounds and in buildings so that way you don't lose a kid because it'll yeah. happen the, the that's important yeah. yeah we i mean we do obviously we go through similar things yeah. but we we have gates and yeah you have gates <laughs> yeah we don't we have gates uh we don't necessarily close the main gate every day because parents will come or day camp so parents come pick up early and stuff like that and we don't really want to give the code out uh but i mean we we definitely cover those things now I'm a little bit more of a, a typical general camp where you are definitely specialized. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so for what I use is for like going through a lot of that, not, uh, like conflict resolution, but also situations. Uh, I was shown a book at Tri-State a couple years ago called How Long to Visiting Day, but it has all of those situation i know more books i i love books shauna i know you're laughing oh, at me i was getting flashbacks of visiting day at sleepaway camps that's what my face was it was not another book it has nothing to do with that it is oh. the entire book is scenarios that you can have your staff role play for conflict resolution as you take down another recommendation from me i literally just ordered game storming like three minutes ago what's this one called <laughs> ordering you're ordering books while we're recording podcasts yes. uh, so it's called how long to visiting day love it uh but yeah it's a whole bunch of situations because personally for me up until i got this book i struggled because i've been through just about every situation you always want to use but you can never remember the details and like yeah. put it on paper to get your staff to role play and i, I know our, our listeners cannot see this but shauna you can see all, um, your all my all my little sticky notes of every little uh scenario that i have tagged to go through this year and some of these i do strictly with leadership and some of these i want my leadership to do with the counselors and some of these i just want counselors to do so again another book recommendation but it saves me so much mental headspace yeah i just ordered it because i was <laughs> my big goal this year is like we have an excellent program for our campers like that's something that i've been honing for seven years building up but our counselor experience it's it's fun but we haven't really put time or effort into it it's more about the community that we create but this year my whole goal is to make 
like being a, on staff, like a program in itself. Mm. So like building that community. I, like um, that. I have been like racking my brain on like different like stories that I could input because I normally don't tell stories. I'm not and, a storyteller either. Yeah, but I just remember being in staff trainings and that was always my favorite part was hearing stories. So um, I'm definitely going to be incorporating those more as examples. Um, but just like you said, it's so hard to think of some because things in a camp day, I mean, we all know it happened so fast that something that was like disastrous in the morning feels like a year ago by lunch. Yep. So it, it's so hard to remember those stories unless it was like a story, you know, like the ones that you laugh about later. Um, so I really like that somebody did the work for us there. Yes, and it's and it's wonderful. And it's broken down by different categories and uh like if there if you like activities and there's like a if you have like just female, so like say you're at an all girls camp, there's female situations, there's a section for male situations. They at the beginning of it also just tells you how you can easily like diffuse conflict, mm -hmm. uh, which is really, really nice. I don't use that because I have found my own methods of teaching staff that work really well over the years. But if you're really stuck, it's another really, really good one. But I was listening to the Day Camp Pod. And that's um, by Go Camp Pro, correct? Yeah, it's a Go Camp Pro podcast. And uh, it was, let's see, Steve Perkins was talking to Jed and Roz uh oh, yeah jen and ross <laughs> we everybody loves them uh but they mentioned a really great analogy of a warhead and i've got to find a way to really like get i don't know if i want to do it beginning or the end but i'm gonna do it and so everybody takes their warhead at the beginning and it's oh. sour i know i hate warheads too but i will do it with my staff in solidarity and if you stick with it it turns out sweet so camp is hard and can sometimes be sour, but if you stick with it, you're going to learn a lot and you're going to have an awesome time. And I'm going to use it. I just haven't figured out how yet. Because that I is really, I like that metaphor. I couldn't stick out a warhead. Well then do Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> oh, I was just like, as soon as you said warhead, my cheeks just got like <laughs> So well, tight. Like then, then I'm not, then you don't get a blue one and I won't either yeah, those because are <laughs> those are the worst. Uh, so, but I, I, I just try to grab little things because yeah. it, it's, cause that is such a, that would be like a fun break, right? Like, okay, everybody's going to get a piece of candy. Mm -hmm. Like that's a fun break. Like yeah. that's an easy, but you're still learning. See, I have snacks out for them the whole time. We do too. Yeah. Every day I replenish their snacks on their table. So like one day salty, one day sweet, you know, and kind of do that stuff. So I don't know if a candy reward would work for them, but I really like that analogy. Right. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Have you ever, so we started doing this last year and I'm going to continue it. So I have a bucket of fidgets. And so yeah. we bring those out during training. So especially yeah. the, like the really long, boring training, such as like policy and procedure and stuff like mm -hmm. It just gives my staff something to do with their hands. Um, yeah. yeah, I always have fidgets out. Um, but this year, um, some of my staff uh, used a program called AHA, A-H-A. I think it's .com or .org or .edu, one of the dots. Um, but it's an interactive, like, it's an interactive slideshow that, like, you create 
but you can have them like answer questions within it on their phones. And are you writing this down now? Yeah, my <laughs> yeah, turn. It, yeah, it's really great to keep them engaged because they have to be waiting for you to open up that slide. So like some of it is like, uh, what do you talk like when you say like enter a word that you know this what is like a word cloud yeah word cloud um they do uh so it's kind of like mentimeter isn't it kind of yeah uh-huh um but yeah like really similar to that so like when you are doing those boring ones like emergency and safety procedures is like i mean it's droning for me to even talk about it. Like, it's just like, yeah, we have to do this. And a lot of it is just common sense, but legally we have to go over it every mm -hmm. year. So I put a lot of those things in that. So that way we're keeping them engaged. Yeah. And like, I like to test their knowledge before we talk about a topic. So like, if there was, I mean, this is very unique to the zoo, but if there was a dangerous animal escape, what would you do first? And like, give them a few options to choose from and then we go through that training and then after I ask the question again and we see like, do we know now? Cause like they never say the right thing the first time. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's, it helps them stay engaged. So I got that idea after I watched one of my staffers completely fall asleep during it, like straight up fell asleep during the whole thing. Yep. Um, so I was like, something has to change because it's not them and it's not me. It's the content. It's so, the content. How, yeah. How can I make this more digestible? I like that. It, it's good. And it's so simple. It's yeah. so simple. Awesome. But yeah, it reminds me of Mentimeter, which yeah, I know it has similar. been, has been used a lot in, uh, various, both in-person and virtual, uh, conference presentations and things recently, which I appreciate it does. It definitely helps you stay engaged for sure. But I also really like how facilitators use that information on the spot. So they're able to, regardless of what you answer, are able to take it with them. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping to do because with the policies and procedures, like the advice that my place of employment gave me is just to read them as is like, yeah. Just and I'm like, that's so boring. So that way, if I'm seeing where they are, where their knowledge is, I can build off of where that knowledge is and make it more, I don't know, constructive and like more entertaining. Cause we're talking about like, if somebody says like, try to capture the animal, we can talk about why that's a bad idea. <laughs> um, See, yeah. And in the past I've done um, role-playing, mm -hmm. like what not to do's, which is great. But like at this point, I am so over role-playing policies and procedures that I need new things. So yeah. what I'm going to try this year is I've gone through the handbook and I have highlighted all of the ones that I feel like my lead staff can handle. So the ones that leadership, cause I'll go, I'll read through them with leadership. Like that will be leadership. And I will sit down, we'll go around the room. We'll talk about it. We'll make sure everybody understands it. So there's certain ones leadership I think can handle. And then there's certain ones that I want to come directly from me. Yeah. Uh, so I've highlighted the ones for leadership and I'm just going to give them a chance to spend that time with their staff, uh, as opposed to being a huge, big group, like I've done in the past, like, or just mixed up the groups and done role play. I'm going to have them sit and they have to figure it out. Cause part of our leadership training is also planning staff training so that they're very much involved into it. Uh, so I, that one of the things that they're going to have to plan is how they are doing policies and procedures with their staff. Uh, so we'll come together at the end of it and we'll go through all the ones that I need to cover 
but they can cover the bulk of them. So I'm hoping they have some new ideas that I can eventually steal because I will definitely be walking around while they are training. Uh, but I want them to come up. And then they're only teaching it to a smaller group of staff too, as opposed to the whole crowd. I'm so jealous that you have leadership because <laughs> I have two assistants and that's it. <laughs> okay, I have leadership. However, you got to remember, I am the only full-time employee here. So, oh, that's right. You too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so any other fun trainings you're doing? Um, I don't know so much fun, but, um, I've been doing like a lot of mesh stuff. Um, so mental, emotional, social health. So I do, um, we have a mental health crisis action plan that I go over with them. We have one for campers and one for staff that might be in crisis. So just in case we notice that somebody is, you know, having a rough time, we're able to, you know, if they're engaging in a, a crisis, we know what to do. But then I also have them plan a, um, like a mental health care um, plan for themselves. Um, so I have them go through like, different people in the different communities in their life that they can lean on, like when they're having some difficulties. So we call it like our compass of people and it's broken out into like a, a what is like the compass with all the points called the rose compass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's broken out into like a rose compass and it has every point is a different community that you may have in your life. And you can write the people that you know that you can lean on inside the compass, which I think is really good. And then on the other side, they have like things that they can do in the moment when they're feeling stressed. So like you can't get away, but you're in the moment. What are like three things you can do? Um, three activities that they enjoy, three people that they can call. So all of that. So that way they have that with them all summer. Cause working at a camp is not easy. It's fun, but it is emotionally and mentally mm -hmm. draining. So do you um, want to so send that to me? Cause I'm still looking for a training for that. Yeah. Uh, my PowerPoint and everything. <laughs> and anybody listening, if you're wanting any of these trainings that Shauna and I are talking about, we are happy to give them out. It's too many to put in the show notes, but if you reach out to either one of us, our emails are in the show notes yeah. and we are happy to share training. We know that this is a rough time for everybody uh, to come up with training, especially if you've been doing this for a while, trying to rack your brain for new ideas. Uh, so reach out to either of us. We are more than happy to, to share the trainings we are doing. Uh, I mean, I'll copy pages out of books for you if you need it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you can send me that one, Shauna. For sure. Yeah. I also recommend if you haven't getting, um, the mental health first aid mm -hmm. through, um, the national council for mental well-being or yes. across, um, I'm certified in both of them and, it's, it's just, huge. It's a game changer. Yeah, it, it is. Are you certified too? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, I make all my leadership staff get certified in it. Um, you can find free online certifications too, which is great about this course is that if it is grant funded and you are in the state where that grant came from, you can take the course for free. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, so I just had a couple of my actually one of them took it out of Texas. And because it was a grant that came from like federal funding, anybody from anywhere could take it. So just contact um, the contact that's listed on the mental health first aid website for ones in your area or ones that are running and you can probably get it for free and look for the free ones because there are people charging like $140 to $200 for this course, but it's free. Take it for free. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, let's see, what else am I doing? I think one that I'm doing that's similar to your wheel is I'm doing a social identity wheel for DEI mm-hmm. training. So it's not just utilizing racial identity and gender identity, but like geographic location, mm-hmm. uh, different things. Cause I really want to get into inclusivity training and diversity training and not just focus on racial gender and all those different ones that, you know, are big, heavy topics right now, but diversity training in the sense that like, we are diverse in just different ways, you know, um, you have lighter hair than I do. I mean, that's that right there shows diversity. Um, you know, so like, I want to, I want to do not as deep, but also deeper ones. So like, just to, to balance it, I think it'll be a good mix. This is the first year that I am doing a true DEI training in Alabama. Yay. I'm excited. (laughs) Um, I have in the past, the past couple of years, we did fishbowl and I think we're still going to do fishbowl for like those hard questions because they're anonymous and people feel comfortable asking them. And then it is staff driven, uh, which is one thing that um, here working in Alabama, especially with racial diversity has been something that I have been um, and, and gender diversity, actually both it's been getting better and I've been staff are being are, are becoming more comfortable uh, because they're coming from different schools. They're branching out a little bit more. And, and now that COVID has passed, everything is not so um, closed in and we're definitely a lot, you know, people are getting out, they're seeing things and whatnot. So the conversations are, we're so close. <laughs> we are so close. <laughs> I'm so close. So I'm really hoping that this will, and we'll still do, we'll still do fishbowl, but we're going to do it after we do this wheel Mm -hmm. so that it kind of starts getting their, their brain going because with all the work I've been putting in, like, I want to have these conversations, but I want it to be staff driven. Just like in, in a camp situation, I want it to be camper driven. Yeah. We're going to see how this goes, but this is like the first true, true, like DEI training that we're going to to breach because it's been, it's been interesting because being in the South, things are very different and not always as progressive as where I came from in the Northeast or different other camps that I've worked at. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I have DEAI stuff woven through all of ours because I'm in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Where you are, like you have to. Completely different, um, you know, white, black, and Asian each represent about a third of the city. So it's all about roughly equal obviously there's like two percent more white but like at the end of the day it's you know we see everybody of all colors all backgrounds here every single day um so that stuff is all woven in and um but two things that i've done in the past for this um i've done a coat of arms are you familiar with that mm-hmm. one yeah um it's an oldie and it's still a goodie yeah uh, it's it's a really old one like i remember doing that in like elementary school so uh, but it's so first- good I did it at camp for the first time as a counselor. So it wasn't, I, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is game changing. But that was also like in 2005. So <laughs> no, it was 2006, excuse me. Um, but the other one I do, I actually got it from a Jim Kane book and I can't remember. It's the one that's like building community, something and something, building a sense of community, belonging and something else. Um, and it's where you give everybody like just a stack of what do you call those note cards mm-hmm. and they write down you give them 10 and they write down on each note card like something that is a part of their identity or defines their identity and you have them um, like share one of them and then you ask them to rip up three 
So like the ones you get down to one card. So you'll rip up three and then you'll go around the circle again and share one that's remaining. You'll rip up three more, share, you'll rip up three. And then you have that one that's left. And that one is, is supposed to be like symbolic of like your truest self or like the thing that uh, is at the height of your identity. Mm. Um, so it that one is always interesting um, to do as well because you're also sharing that stuff. Obviously, in small groups, you're not going to share it yeah. all. One bigger that that gets weird, and it would um, take forever. Yeah, so I really like that one too because you get to see what truly matters to that person. Like, what is the end of that? Those ten characteristics. What is the most important to them about who they are? So I, I like that one. I use it maybe like once every two or three years. It's not one that I pull out very often. Um, it also depends on the age of my staff. Mm-hmm. So I have very young staff this year, so we're not going to do it. You kind of have to have a little bit more like, I don't know, like maybe with Gen Z because they are just so much more progressive and in tune with that stuff. Maybe it would work with them. But you could always try it out like on day two or three as opposed to day one, you know, yeah, and then feel it out. Yeah, it's not a day oneer for sure. <laughs> so I've talked about this one many times, especially when I was with Kurt and Chris on the programming side of things for this podcast. Um, and that's Dollar Store Duel. So this is how I teach creative programming. And Ooh. so I split everybody up into groups and we just I just pull everything out of our our storage shed, like anything, bean bags, pool noodles, like you name it, the random supplies comes out, right? Like it's just the random stuff. And we use dog, doggy doll. Yeah. We use doggy dollars. And so it's the camp dogs on every dollar and yeah. But so they get, I think I gave them $20 total and each table that I have set up has items on it. And each table is a certain dollar amount for those items. So like you have the $1 table, the $2 table, the $3 table four, and we do up to five. And so they have to come up with a game for a group and our average group size is 16 kids. They get to choose the age, uh, but it does need to be primarily for, you know, all of camp can be able to play it. And they have to come up with a game based off whatever supplies they've bought with their $20 in in doggy dollars. And uh, then we go around and those who did not, who were not part of the group that came up with the game, they have to participate to play the game so that if they understand it the way it's being taught, mm-hmm. uh, and then they play that game. And we just test out the game. I mean, we don't do, you know, necessarily a full round, yeah. but um, we the first year, a game called Jewel Heist um, was created and they still play it. So uh, awesome. yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And it's been probably ever since I came up with it, probably the best way to teach creative programming because they're actually doing it and it's not just say hey come up with a game like they're given a time limit they're given the materials they have also helps them understand that like you can literally create a game from practically nothing sorry i'm typing all this down um because i had a similar idea so this year i gave i'm giving all of my full instructors so not my cits um, just my full instructors who are here for the whole training. My CATs are still in school, so they're only here for this Saturday and the Sunday. So I'm giving them all like survival kits. So like it's like that cutesy thing where it's like a yeah. man, you know. Yep. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So I was going to have them work in small groups to create a game from the things inside their survival kit. Oh. But I like this one better. So okay. I'm gonna <laughs> this is great. I will say that. Um, Going back to like the different things, 
Um, I go really in depth about like the development age and cognition of our campers. So what they can expect between each age group. So like, cause we have four-year-olds, you have four-year-olds mm -hmm. too, right? Yeah. So you can't really expect much from them. So no. um, I have uh, people from my child and family learning team at the zoo. They do toddler programs. They actually come in and teach the development ages of all children. They're all former teachers. Um, yeah, I see your, I see. My, my light bulb and the gears started turning. Yeah, and it's a really dynamic thing. Like they take videos from TikTok of, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, this one daycare worker and he asks like, hey, Jamal, are you smart? And then the kid's like, yeah. And then he's like, what's the capital of Washington? And the kid says something bizarre. And he's like, that's right. And like, just like building their confidence and stuff like that. Um, they do a wonderful job and they do it for all of our ages. So what you can expect from them, what you will see from them, where they are developmentally. So like, are they going to be able to walk around the zoo all day? Four-year-olds? Absolutely not. So that kind of stuff. So that as way as they're sequencing their days and planning their activities, they can take that stuff and also include it. So I think that that is just like, that's I think that's brilliant. Sets them up for success. Yeah. Um, it's very good. It's a very good training. Now I need to go reach out to all of my schools and ask <laughs> if anybody wants to come do this. I can send you my stuff. I know, but like, it's better if it's not me talking. So that's another, that's another good point though, yeah. is that for some of these trainings, if you do have connections, because like, we can't afford to bring in people to, to teach training. We can't, and not many camps can. And so, but use your connections. Cause like we have the national child advocacy center coming out to do our child abuse training this year. Uh, and they, I mean, I asked and they were like, yeah, sure. What do you need to cover? And I was like, well, mandated reporter, obviously. And, and just like the do's and don'ts with kids. And they're like, yeah, that's usually a three hour training. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, that's a long time, but that's three hours. I don't have to talk. Yeah. And so not only does that give me a minute that I can check a couple emails, but it also gives me a chance for them to hear someone other than me talking the whole week. Mm -hmm. And just, if you, if you have your connections, see, see who, you know, because just to bring in literally anybody, bring in parents, do a parent panel, like bring in, you know, the, the early childhood staff. Like if you've got a, um, head start program, see if the, the staff can come in and, and talk to your, your counselors. Uh, I mean, that is so beneficial to have that outside voice. Yep. So it's when I crazy, do, yeah, it is. So when I do my schedule, um, you know, we're fun, we're camp. So I do my schedule color coded. So like my color yep. is green. Um, so I want to be green heavy on the first two days of camp. And yep. then I should only be present in one to two sessions for the remaining part of camp. So that's always like my goal is like all the important stuff, like the, you know, like the camper safety, classroom and behavior expectations, the about camp, our policies and procedures mm -hmm. around like sunscreen applying, that all comes from me because if anything goes wrong with that, they're going to come to me to talk about it. Right. Um, but everything else that I train on, so like check in and check out procedures, I have somebody else do that. Supply management, I have one of the assistants do that. All the tours are done by different people um i also we're very we're not anti-craft but we're leaning away from craft so we do more process art than anything so i have somebody come in and teach them about process art 
Um, I have my manager come in and do like nature journaling with them. So I, the last three days of training, I am barely present with them. And I think that that really shows them that like, one, I'm not like the breathe on your neck manager. Like I'm not gonna be there like looking at you all day, but also that there are so many people that help camp run and you can learn from anybody here. I think that that is- Well, I think that gives young staff too, like they are more willing to go to who has trained them. And if you end with the people you want them to go to first before they come to you as the director, that's going to show with that training. So I think that's a great idea. Unfortunately for me, mine do have to be, I'm I'm a little bit more splattered throughout the week, Uh, but I do, I am pretty heavy on day one. Uh, But yeah, that's usually a, I, nothing is on my schedule that day for before and or after (laughs) camp uh, because of training. But yeah, I definitely allow my leadership team to go in there and, and train. And if I can have outside speakers, I do. Yep. And this year, last year, we, one thing that we did notice with a full Gen Z staff was that, um, and it could have just been specific to this group, but that uh, we definitely saw some lacking in creative problem solving. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. You're not the it. only one. No, that, that <laughs> I think that was pretty common. Um, so like they would come to me for anything, like a kid got sunscreen in their eyes and they would bring them to me. And I'm like, well, did you flush out their eyes? Like what, what I, you can do that. Like you don't need me to do that. Yeah. So this year I'm instituting the rule of three. If you have not tried three different things to solve your problem and it, none of those have worked, mm-hmm. then you can come to me. So you have to try three different things. And if all of them don't work, then we can create a problem solve together done solving sunscreen in the eyes or like this camper won't do this activity then they don't have to why are you here like (laughs) we were getting really frustrated with how often we were being called for what we see as simple things and what our past counselors have been able to handle on their own so it was very frustrating but i think obviously that is a it's a teaching like Mm -hmm. that is a skill that you can teach to so we're following the rule of three in a different way. I mean, we're still following the major rule of three. Good. Me, me yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> that one won't go away, but this is the problem solving rule of three this summer. Awesome. I like it. Yeah. I'm excited. That works. Um, I'm hoping we gave our listeners some ideas. Yeah. And as we mentioned, reach out to us if you want any of them. Uh, so, but yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. And we will see you guys. Bye, everyone. Bye.